Welcome to the Innovate CT Podcast. Welcome to uh, another episode of the Innovate CT Podcast. And for all the educators listening, happy June. It is almost the end of the school year for many of those uh, working in the schools. And I'm super excited to be uh, with an awesome guest tonight, Paul Holzer. And Paul, um, we, we had tried to schedule this before, and I was telling you I had to apologize because I have children and unforeseen things happen. I had a sick kid, so we had to reschedule. So thanks for being accommodating and meeting tonight. My pleasure. I have kids myself, so I know the deal. You understand. So, Paul, and I was I, I read, read your LinkedIn before before the podcast. Uh, I've actually, you know, we've we've met in person. We've had lunch. I read all about Achieve Hartford uh, on your website, and I'm super excited for you to share with our, our audience, you know, your mission with Achieve Hartford, a little bit about who you are and how people listening can, can get involved. So I want to start with a little bit about you, because before we, we jump into what Achieve Hartford is and all the great stuff you're doing there, I want people to kind of get a sense of who is Paul and, and how, did, uh, how did you end up at Achieve Hartford? So you want to give us like a, a two-minute you know, how did you end up going from being a teacher to running this this nonprofit? Sure, sure. Um, so I, I was uh, one of those weird kids in, in high school who knew exactly what he wanted to be, which was a teacher um, from from my freshman year. So, um, you know, I, I was laser focused at becoming a teacher uh, all the way through high school and was lucky enough to get accepted into a college that had a teacher prep program. Uh, that you can complete and and uh, and get certified while you're getting your bachelor's. So, you know that that was really my trajectory. Um, but I got exposed right after college um, to social enterprise, like social entrepreneurship work. Um, when I took a job in New York City, uh, working with uh, uh, basically they're called Breaking Ground. They used to be called Common Ground, um, supportive housing for homelessness, um, but doing job training work. So I'd just been certified to teach and, and already had, had was feeling a bit burned out, um, which is, you know, the story I think of, of all teachers. And, um, and I was applying what I knew about teaching to job training, formerly homeless adults. And I really got to understand kind of the power of innovation in the private sector to do public good. And kind of, I got, I got bit, you know, by that bug and, and it stayed with me um, because after New York city, I then moved to Washington DC and I taught high school I was actually got to be part of a team with other teachers and other educators to launch a, a charter school that was uh, an alternative, DC's first bilingual alternative high school um, using the Youth Build USA model. So we took students who had dropped out of school many times and said, like, hey, you know, this is a special place for you. And, um, and we got to hire, te- I got to hire teachers um, that, that could work for me and alongside me who new youth development work and who, you know, could really, you know, do just, just amazing things with kids um, specifically older kids, 16 to 21 who had dropped out, aged out or been kicked out of school. And so, you know, my foray into teaching was really like a very alternative ed route, but, you know, I just fell in love with teaching as I always, you know, envisioned I would um, and stayed and taught in DC for, you know, about eight years. And I also got to run college prep programs while I was in Washington, DC. So, I really got to see, I think, education from both, you know, inside the classroom in terms of what's possible with really tough kids to outside the classroom, getting kids after school to try to enrich them and help them get prepared for college and career. And then um, I was lucky enough to be accepted into Yale. And I specifically applied to that business school because 
um, they have a focus on uh, basically leadership in the public sector or leadership at the intersection of the private sector and the public sector, which kind of really became an interest for me. So um, as an educator, getting an MBA, it was pretty, pretty great. Um, you know, I was a minority in, in that program um, in a number of ways. Um, and having grown up myself with, um, you know, my mom's from Ecuador, you know, for first generation immigrant, you know, never went to college. Um, and I had spent time in Ecuador as a kid, you know, I, I'd always just be seeing things from a lot of different points of view. And, and that stuck with me through business school, where I realized coming out of business school, um, I really want to, to get back into education. I want to take my MBA degree. I want to do something with it, but I want to do something that can impact educators, parents, the public sector, but also that really engages the private sector. So I was lucky enough to, to fall into um, Achieve Hartford almost 10 years ago. I can't believe it's been 10 years I've been in Achieve Hartford, where um, I was really given um, free reign to design programs that could both um, support the work that was happening at the Harvard Public Schools, but also really engage the entire private sector and, uh, and the residential sector in education, which has been my mission for the last 10 years. So fascinating journey. And I want to ask you, I want, I want to go back to the beginning. You mentioned in high school, you knew you wanted to be a teacher. Yep. Where did that come from? So I, you know, I, I you know, well, it wasn't just kind of me spending time in, in Ecuador as a kid that gave me kind of a unique perspective on life. I also moved at a pivotal time um, from, you know, a very middle-class uh, neighborhood in New York, uh, north of the Bronx to Fairfield County, Connecticut, and the minute I got to Fairfield County, I felt a little bit like a fish out of water. Um, uh, and so I, I was just really hyper observant on, uh, on just the culture of the kids. And what I picked up, like in the first few months of freshman year, was that, you know, I was going to school with a bunch of, you know, a, a, a bunch of kids who like to uh, fool around, um, you know, great, great, great people. Um, and I'd see these same kids fooling around um, in one class and then show up at my English teacher's class, Dr. Henry. I'll never forget her. Um, Mrs. Henry, actually, um, she became a doctor later on, um, when she got a PhD, but they'd go to Mrs. Henry's class and they would act totally differently. Um, you know, high expectations put on them, no tolerance for, you know, for them, um, you know, goofing off and, and not trying. And, uh, these kids just rose to the expectation of the teacher and, you know, were serious scholars in her class. Um, but then I'd see them in other classes and be like, well, you know, how could you be? you know, one way, you know, have one student identity and then have a totally different student identity. And that's when I realized like, wow, you know, the power of a teacher to help, to help people, you know, uh, I would say, you know, identify and then realize their potential is, is, is like no other. And, and I, I almost like, even as a high schooler, the teaching profession just took on kind of like a sacred uh, form for me. And I, I just got, I became so interested in it. And, and in high school, I then, I spoke Spanish at home. So I, I got to, you know, tutor kids in Spanish because I was that kid who spoke Spanish but took Spanish. Um, that was me. Um, but I also, you know, start, wanted to tutor people in, 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 in math. And so I would have little sessions in my basement. And, and it was just a, it was a wonderful, you know, thing to fall into and then feel, feel really early on that, that maybe, maybe I've fought, fallen into a calling. And that was it. I was hooked. No, it's, it's a great story. And I just love uh... – I love the evolution of, you know, where you, where you started to where you are now. So you, you mentioned, we mentioned Achieve Hartford and for anyone listening, we'll put obvious, we'll, we'll put your website in our, in our show description, Paul, but 
you know, achieveharford.org, you know, right on the website, our mission is to close the opportunity and achievement gap in Hartford, Connecticut, and build a viable talent pipeline for our region and state. So tell me a little bit more about what that means and what is the type of work you do at Achieve Hartford? Yeah, I'll tell you what I'm doing now and also tell you what we used to do because I feel like for the audience, it'd be kind of interesting to know, like, well, how did you guys land here? Um, because right now, our, our focus over the last uh, couple of years has really been on the private sector, right? And so we, we looked at Hartford and said, you know, unlike many other cities its size, Hartford has like just robust private sector assets in the form of super high concentration of universities in and around the city, super high concentration of uh, corporate entities, uh, super high concentration of philanthropy, both individual, um, private and cor- corporate um, and also super high concentration of nonprofits. So for a small little city that we are in Hartford of uh, 125,000 people or so, um, we've got kind of large city assets. And we were born out of the business community through the Metro Hartford Alliance. And we've never felt like the business community, despite its, its incredible investments in the public sector, schools, city, city hall, you know, um, all the nonprofits as well that they, they, they donate to and support, that as a whole, the private sector is not very well organized, right? That, that, you know, we complain about, oh, silos, silos, silos. And, and you look at the private sector and you look at foundations and you're like, wow, you all are very willing to continue to fund silos. Um, if things were, if efforts were much more aligned and also much more focused on, on a handful of goals, we could go much farther than um, just throwing millions of dollars at the education issue, but then seeing everything stay sag- stagnant when it comes to results. So we really carved out a niche in the last two years saying, well, what if we activated the private sector to start, you know, taking much more ownership of solving problems in education? You know, why, 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 why not, you know, help people to stop looking at public schools and say, gosh, why can't you guys just fix this already? And instead of roll up your sleeves and say, hey, what, what, what problems can I own? You know, what solutions can, can, can I be responsible for? And so we, we took that kind of ethos, um, and we said, you know, who else is doing this around the country? And we found, you know, a handful of folks, you know, doing some, you know, something similar here or there. But no one was really, you know, looking to the private sector to take any real sense of responsibility. And so we basically said, you know, well, what if we took the tenets of community organizing and just applied them to the private sector? So it's not about what me and my, four, my three staff can accomplish. It's about how can we help leaders who live in Hartford or, our, or outside Hartford, but really are passionate about the city. How do we help those private sector leaders step up and solve the problems? And we do that through coalitions and action teams where a problem is identified and then we bring the right corporate nonprofit philanthropy higher ed folks to the table and say, you guys collectively have already resources and already expertise to solve this problem. Now get together and figure out how to solve it. And do it in a way that doesn't need to require, you know, the Gates Foundation to drop, you know, $10 million. Um, do, do it with the resources you have. And so that's what we've been doing for the last 10 years. And um, it's been really exciting work. And you, you, made, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned that the organization made a pivot, right? So yeah, what, yeah. what you guys used to do compared to what you do today. Yeah. What, what was the genesis of, of the change? And, and, and clearly think things are going well. But what, what made you guys do that? Like, what was the, the driver there? Well, I wish I could, you know, you know, tell you and everyone listening that, you know, we, we had won, you know, in, in closing the achievement gap prior. So now we needed to, you know, fix something else. But the, the truth was is that we weren't winning. 
you know, we, we like others were, and like educators every day, we're, we're putting in hard work on the ground uh, with schools, with organiz- other organizations, launching, you know, parent, parent training programs, um, launching school choice programs, launching community engagement, strategic planning with school levels, launching community organizing for education in North Hartford. Um, you know, you know, creating data reports and a data website called smarterhartford.org. I mean, we were doing everything that we could do as a small organization to try and help and complement what was happening at the Hartford Public Schools. But, you know, to be honest, I mean, I think I'll tell you something that all the teachers, um, especially if, if teachers are listening, like that they'll know already is that, you know, four superintendents in a six year period is enough to make, you know, anyone's effort meaningless. Right. Um, you know, at the time that, you know, we were looking at the 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 uh, the rise of the, the current superintendent, Dr. Torres Rodriguez, two years ago, you know, she was coming in as the fourth superintendent in a six year period, meaning that, you know, Dr. Narvez didn't last more than a couple of years. Dr. Kishimoto didn't last uh, more than three years. And then previous to that, you know, was Dr. Adamowski. So um, we had to look in the mirror, frankly, Nick, and um, and say, you know, I don't think this is going to work, that the, the conditions in our city are not such where the work we are doing is just going to, to lead to the results that they used to lead to. And so we said, you know, how do, how do we be of most benefit to both, you know, kids in the city, you know, their families getting out of the cycle of poverty, but also to just economic development. You know, we, we saw the city starting to finally talk about economic development. And what we realized is that when, when, when people talk about economic development, I'm sure educators you know, listen on the radio and hear people talk about economic development, economic development. Rarely are they talking about talent development, right? They're talking about, you know, attracting new employers to provide jobs, or they're talking about holding on to all the college kids that come into Hartford for college and not letting them leave. Well, what about, what about the kids in school right now, right? The local talent pipeline that if, if it was, a functioning pipeline where kids were all graduating on time, going on to some kind of post-secondary training and actually getting their degree or their credential. You know, we wouldn't need to talk so much about economic development because we would have a thriving talent pipeline, a thriving talent pool for businesses and businesses would be flocking here to hire all the amazing kids that are coming out of Hartford schools that are, and that the educators are working with right now, but the supports aren't there. And, 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 um, we just said, well, well, we've got to carve out a niche for ourselves, and maybe it's just better organizing and convening the private sector, if that makes sense. And, and the talent conversation you know, is so timely. In 2016, General Electric announced they were, they were moving their headquarters out of Connecticut, and they went to Massachusetts. And what was the reason they cited? Access, access to talent. Yep. United Technologies just announced over the weekend they're moving their corporate headquarters to Massachusetts, when they merged with Raytheon, the other big defense contractor. And what did, what did they tell the governor of Massachusetts? That they were excited about the quality of the talent in Massachusetts, and it made the decision a lot easier for both companies. And, and, yet, and yet, what do you hear people say about Connecticut among the politicians? You know, we have one of the most educated workforces in the country, right? And it's like people are resting on their laurel, laurels in this state, really. Um, and they're not paying attention to the fact that um, for all the money that they're pouring into the urban areas, um, it's one, likely not enough, but two, it, it doesn't come with enough attention, stewardship, and overall support to make sure that people on the ground have what they need to get the job done. Well, and, it, and it's just, and you're 100% right. I mean, we don't, they, they talk a lot about, you know, funding for education and, 
you know, we're going to, we're going to, you know, do this to do economic development. But the, what you hear a lot less of is the whole idea of, you know, oh, we're going to put this job retraining program in place, or we're going to spend this money to develop this talent, right? Yeah. Which is really, to your point, if we had a great talent, companies would want to stay here and they'd want to relocate here to hire that talent. You know, and companies don't just want to, to, to be, you know, to, to celebrate, you know, once the solution's done, they want to be part of the solution. I mean, that's the thing that I think public sector po- political leaders don't understand um, oftentimes is that, you know, this is, it isn't, it isn't just about the end. It's about the journey, right? I mean, there's a lot of cities across America that are attracting great attention from foundations and from local corporate support. And a lot of it is not because they're winning yet. It's because they're, they're innovating and they are asking the right questions. They're asking for help and they're engaging the entire swath of stakeholders to say, come help fix this. So it's not just about the money, right? I mean, I think, I think a lot of people would agree. I mean, the, the, the state department of ed could drop 10 million on Hartford right now. And I don't know how many people would have you know, any faith that that was going to make any difference, right? It's that we've got to start having a bigger conversation about, okay, you know, if you're a teacher and your principal is saying, do the best with what you have. And if you're a principal and your supervisor at central office is saying, do the best with what you have. And if you're a superintendent and your board and your mayor are saying, just do the best with what you have. And then if you're the commissioner who's looking down and saying, hey, just do the best with what you have. I mean, that attitude is not going to change the game for kids and for educators on the ground, right? So we've got, it's got to come, like there's got to be community leadership, corporate leadership, public leadership, all asking the question, the uncomfortable question of, you know, what do we have to do differently to better support people so that they can get the job done? And that and that's a tough question to ask because the answer is a lot more complicated than, than people want to give it, my opinion. No, no, no. I mean, it, it, I, think, I think your approach is, is spot on because I think in order to solve this, this problem, we have to engage all parties, right? And, and I mean, and what you, know, you guys are working on this at a Hartford level, right? Yeah. I mean, the same thing needs to be done in New Haven and Stanford and, and et cetera. Yeah. Um, yep. And I, I like how, you, you know, you, 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 uh, you know, on the record say, look, just throwing money at the problem isn't going to solve it, right? It's yes, money is important, but it's how you use it and who you leverage to, to deploy the money in the right way that makes it more effective. So I think that's well said. You know, and and I'll get off my soapbox in just one second, but the last thing I'll say is I I think that, you know, the goodwill of everyone who's trying to work with young people is, is, is obvious. And it's there every time you look for it. Um, When we ask nonprofit leaders, can you do more? Can you work more strategically with this school? Can you change what you're doing to be a little more intentional for this population of students? Can you partner with teachers on this? The answer is always yes. Right. And so, you know, for, for us, it's about it's about asking people who are already stretched often to say, can you do your work differently? And how do we support you so that you can lead in a new and different way? And I think our model is about supporting, you know, private sector leaders the way that, you know, org- community organizers would be supporting residents on the ground. And, um, you know, we think we're onto something. And if it works in Hartford over the next few years, then, you know, to your point, you know, we should be in New Haven and Stanford and, and Torrington and any city that has a robust private sector where people could start sharing ownership over solving some of these big problems and not just looking at the schools and yelling, fix it. Yeah, no, that's well said. So 
So how how did let me ask this question? How is Achieve Hartford? Like, how are you funded? How do you operate? You know, you have a really lean team. I think there's only like five of you. You have an awesome, uh, you know, board that I think supports you. Tell us a little bit about the structure and, and how you guys operate. Sure thing. So we're we're four people, uh, four full time people. I've got um, a former high school principal on staff who really understands kind of the inner workings of schools, but also understands the community as well. lives in lives in North Hartford. Um, you know, great guy. He, he's he's my lead uh, coalition organizer. I've got an amazing project manager and an evaluator on staff who you know, really understands the health of coalition work and teams and, you know, how to, how to figure out, you know, what's working, how we're going to measure what's working and what we're going to do about it. Um, asking the real tough questions. And I have a great communications person on staff who, you know, has to get the story out there of the work that we're doing, you know, has to make sure that we're documenting what we're doing and that as teams of cross-sector folks, that people are feeling like they always know what's going on at Achieve Hartford and with the work we're doing. So, it starts there, but you mentioned my board and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, spend a minute on this, even though people think it's probably dull, the inner workings of a nonprofit, but, you know, having a really great board of directors um, makes all the difference for a nonprofit. I think a lot of times um, people just assume it's all staff, 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 but let me tell you how it's been working for me at Achieve Hartford. I mean, we, we have had board members from um, a number of corporations who have stuck with us and who have believed in this kind of systems level work, you know, for the last 10 years. And my board does an amazing job, stays really involved, provides a heck of a lot of advice to me and to our small staff, but also is out there on the front lines, you know, pushing the mission, asking other companies to get involved. And we've got, you know, university reps as well, bringing their expertise, you know, turning us on to, to different things we need to know that's working on other play, other parts of the country. It's just kind of an all hands on deck approach. And, you know, the, the, the funding for us is mostly corporate and it's been that way since the beginning, since we were born out of the Metro Hartford Alliance. Um, and we've been lucky where, you know, we've, we've gotten large grants from a handful of corporations that says, you know, we don't want you to have to spend too much time, um, you know, fundraising and not, and not doing the work. So, you know, we're going to we're going to fund pretty much 70 percent of your budget. And then so every year I've got to focus on raising the other 30 percent, which is much easier than what a lot of other executive directors have to do. So and then, you know, we get, you know, so most of that money comes from some individuals, you know, who like the systemic change work that we're doing. And uh, and then and then, you know, local foundations. And that's just, you know, doing the nonprofit thing. No, and you have a very I was looking at the board on your website. It's it's large. It's diverse. And it has a lot of really great influential people on it from, like, to your point, a variety of corporations uh, and, and, other, and other organizations. So um, I, I, love, I love how you highlighted that because I, I think you're right. You know, the amount of advice, free advice you get from these folks is probably priceless. So I think that's awesome. Yep. yep. So if someone wants to get involved, right? So if someone's listening to this and they and they they meet you and they're like paul how can i get involved with achieve hartford what would you tell them well i would say three things right so the first one is if you have an interest not necessarily a skill perfect skill set but a real interest in any of the current three teams that our main initiative the all-in coalition is currently running you know you got to let us know because we can plug you in and the three teams that we're running one is high school advisory which really brings private sector folks from the, mostly the nonprofit sector, um, brings all their expertise, some of their curriculum to help us program advisory periods in a high school in Hartford. 
advisory is one of those periods in high school where, you know, teachers have to run advisory, but it's not like they know, have all the training, have all, all the time to really do the student success planning, college career readiness work that happens in advisory. Um, so that's a perfect like way for the private sector to start really supporting directly what's happening in schools. And so that action team has just finished up in one school and we're trying to plan for, for the next year in terms of how can uh, a number of different private sector folks figure out how to better work with teachers at the high school level to program those advisory periods. Another action team is uh, the phenomenon of summer melt, which is, you know, all the kids who get accepted into college you know, teachers work hard, you know, counselors work hard to get kids accepted into college. Well, a lot of them don't show up, you know, in, in Hartford, you got a 95% acceptance rate, but a 60%, you know, matriculation the year after. Isn't that, isn't that fascinating? And it's even, I mean, and for the, for just, if you look at immediate fall, it's even worse. It's 50%. So it's like a 40% drop. And some of that is because kids were like, listen, I applied because someone told me to, I don't really want to go. But a lot of it is I applied and the minute I left school, I was on my own and I, I don't know how to navigate some of the challenges that I'm already being faced with. And I've got family stress. I've got work stress. Um, so, you know, this is an action team that has figured out how to, how to attach peer mentors. Um, we've got, we get our lists from the colleges, but also from the counselors at the end of the year of the kids who have applied, been accepted somewhere, but may need some extra help. And so if there's an interest in that, and then the third team right now is, is and before we add a few more teams by the end of the county, or the third team is uh, retention. And that's mostly it's a couple corporate folks, um, but mostly the, it's the higher eds, um, you know, seven campuses come together and say, how do we help, you know, how do we create a citywide um, near peer mentoring program for all HPS students who arrive on campus as freshmen, right? How do we make sure that every single one of them, you know, has a kid that looks like them, has been, has been through their, their same situation, waiting for them on the you know, first day of school saying, I'm, I'm your mentor. Um, all you have to do is say, yes, you want, you want, you want us to have a relationship and I'm, I'm attached to you. And how do you tap work study dollars at those campuses? So you don't even need new money to fund it. Right. So that's the, you know, any of those three teams would love to hear from folks the other way, you know, if there are any employers, you know, on this call, um, you know, especially, uh, employers who have a, you know, passion and a need for a strong local talent pipeline, um, let us come and talk to you, right. We're going to do a listening tour. Um, this summer where we're going to be jumping around to different industries and different employers throughout the city, throughout the region to just talk about the talent pipeline and see who wants to get involved, get ideas directly from employers and employees there um, and all different types of corporations on, on what they think can work to help more students know about their industry and uh, be ready and be connected to the industry. So that's going to be interesting for us. And if there's any employers listening and you're interested, you know, just, just let us know. And then, you know, the third thing is that if, if you are, you know, someone who, you know, understands these issues, right, understands the needs of young people, especially, you know, from high school to, to post-secondary degree completion and those challenges, you know, that piece of the talent pipeline journey, um, I want your ideas, right? Let us know, you know, if you've got some ideas for action teams, share them, share them with us via email, you know, pick up the phone, just call Chief Hartford, say, I, you know, I heard, I heard a podcast. I want to talk to someone. I've got some ideas. You know, we're, we'll take anyone's ideas. Um, you know, we don't pretend that we have all the answers. You know, just because I used to run college prep programs or used to teach a really, you know, hardcore urban population in, in, in D.C., that doesn't mean that I know how to solve this problem. 
right? That That's not going to be the way we do it. We've got to really have an all hands on deck approach, not just internally, but with all of our stakeholders. So we'd love to hear from anyone. So f- fantastic. And we'll, I guess we'll definitely make sure we uh, put your, your website in the, uh, in the show description so people can get in touch with you. You know, I, I just want to take the last two minutes and, and thank you and your team for what you guys are doing because I mean, you know, you know, I started Innovate Connecticut to promote innovation in Connecticut schools through knowledge and best practice sharing and, and, and help the education community. And, you know, I love interviewing people like yourself and all the other great innovators out there that are doing great things for our educators every day. And, you know, I think, I think most people would agree, Paul, we have a great education system in the state, but we got to do better. We always have to do better because the war for talent is just going to continue to get more and more, you know, intense and we need to create we need to keep creating great talent in the state if we want to have great businesses here so i just want to thank you and the team for what you guys are doing i know it's it's uh it's it's i'm sure it's exhausting work and it's and it's a lot of grinding and and you know networking and and your part raising money and and meeting with leaders of all kinds but it's uh clearly you guys are making a difference Hey, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to, to kind of, you know, push our message out there and, um, you know, want to let people who are listening, knowing who are on the front lines with, with students, right? That's the most important work. And, you know, we appreciate the work that they're doing because um, it's a lot harder than what we're doing. And um, but we're all trying to do it together. Awesome. Well, thanks. For, thanks for making time. And uh, we'll talk soon. You got it. Take care, Nick. Thanks again. Thank you, sir. If you would like to get involved with Innovate CT, please visit our website at www.innovatect.com. Dot org. There, you can find links to our social media. We currently are active on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and hope to hear from you soon. Thank you.